0: This podcast is brought to you by Hanley's Clean Meals. Hanley's Clean Meals provide you with nutritionally balanced prepped meals that will aid you in all walks of life. Hanley's Clean Meals provide numerous inter-county teams with meals. For more information, visit their website HanleesCleanMeals.ie or follow them on social media. Joined now by Kilku, Senior Football Coach and former Derry footballer Conlet Gilligan and we'll have Kyle Coney, a former Tyrone footballer, joining us in a few minutes. Conlet, first thing, Kilku and Kilmikud, what a game of football, went all the way. You finally got over the line. Have you began to process what you've actually achieved now?
1: Probably not. Probably last week. It was only starting to sink in. Um, I suppose the boys were still on the high. And I suppose from a coaching and a management point of view, you have that high as well. And then, I suppose from this week, you're kind of looking at the next thing, you know, that kind of goes. But, now, look, it's, it's hard to believe, obviously, getting to the final against Cora Finn and coming up short and wondering, will we ever get to another final? Is that possible? And then to get there... And, I suppose in them games it's 50-50, You might win, you might get beat. Then that's a real prospect. But you can't really let yourself think about getting beat because the fear of it's just too much.
0: Did you mention Kerrifin much along the way as a management team?
1: Not a great deal, I suppose. At times when we needed a boost, you know, we we maybe talked about it to say, look, you know, we won. We run maybe the greatest club team of all time. So close, you know, we're not that far away, but not in the context of winning in All-Ireland, but in the context of whenever we were having sticky patches throughout the season, that, look, stick with it. You know, we're, we're good enough if we can just get it together. So it was more using it in that way than, than anything else.
0: Just overall on the community, it's, it's just so fascinating of what you achieved. Like when you think of Kilcoo, and I suppose you've probably heard it so much in the media, the sheep farmers and everything, a rural community. When you see that kind of emotion back in the community when you arrive back into Kilku, is is that where it really feels so special?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um and I suppose there's so many people involved in the club. You know, there's not a massive amount of people in Kilku, but everybody in it is involved in the club in one way or another. So um I suppose it makes it all the more special for them. It's it's different for us in that, you know, we don't live in Kilku and you know, we're a wee bit external to it, but you can kind of look at it. Nearly as an out of body experience, where you can see the emotion on other people and, and what it means to them, and you know for the, the few days, and it's just incredible that no matter what happens in the future, they have that. You know that's there. Um, they can enjoy it, and for this period, you know they are top of the tree. And I suppose for all the players that managers, you know, coaches that maybe were worth kill who in the darker days when they were in Division Three, Division Two you know, Division 1, but not really been overly competitive. You know, it's for them that they have had this day as well. And that's the one thing that the players would always talk about is that the players that maybe left the panel prior to the success and that got them to this level and got them really believing, you know, it, it's special for them as well because they're every bit as important as the players that just happened to be there that got them over the line.
0: The family bond as well between all the Brannigans who played, the Johnsons who play. Does that help when you're coaching a team to have a bond between different members of family?
1: I think it can help. Um, you know, if if one of the boys isn't doing it, you know, we don't have to shout because one of the brothers very quickly gives him a two up the hole. And <laughs> it's, it's a funny one where, like, especially in the Brownigans, especially in the Brownigans, you know, when you're doing any of the physical work, you know, the competition to see who's wins the race, who's the fastest um, is, is intense. You know, Jerome and Ryan and Sheila they're very laid-back characters, you know, they're very easy-going, they're very different. Whereas the Bronigans are uptight, you know, just nuts when it comes to a run. And Aiden is the oldest and he takes great pleasure in any of the runs that he wins and he makes sure he lets them know. And, and it does, it keeps them all on their toes. And whenever they're they've got that competitive thing going, you know, it's amazing to watch it. And for anybody who would maybe come down and watch training, they'll find it very, very hard to believe that, that this was a thing.
0: Initially... When you were asked into Kilku, into the setup, when you walked in, did it surprise you what you expected straight away with the group that was there or is, was it what you were expecting straight away?
1: Um, to be fair, I suppose I played against Kilku in the Ulster Club um, for so and I'd watched them in other years that maybe we weren't there. So I knew how many good players they had. Um, obviously, they would won five or six championships before Byrne beat them the year before we came in. So with a fair idea of what they were about, um, and it was just a case of was the five or six in a row that had won and down, the level that lost a couple, lost their finals, was that game topped out or was there a bit more? So I suppose there was a wee bit of doubt. Mickey had no doubt, to be fair. Mickey was absolutely in no doubt that this team had loads more in them. I suppose, to be honest, I wasn't just as sure. Um, but normally when Mickey gets get a hunch for something he's normally bang on and he, and he was on this occasion
0: I get the sense he's an unbelievable character Mickey Moore, and just from hearing all the different players in the interviews especially like after you win all Ireland and off the ball and different stuff I I get the sense being involved with a man like that it was like being around the block with club county and everything
1: <clears throat> oh yeah look um I suppose going to Kilcoo was more so for me. It was going to work with Mickey Moore. You know, when Mickey wrong, it was more if, if Mickey had been probably going anywhere, I probably would have went with him. Um the fact it was Kilku just made it uh, I suppose that easier that decision a bit easier. Um but look, he's an incredible man and in that he's so ordinary and what he has is very hard to define. Like you look at Andy Moore and you know the Slock Neal players and, and basically anybody that's asked their opinion on Mickey. Um, you know, Kieran McDonald a lovely piece, and anybody that's worked with him, you know, just, just says so many nice things. So there's nothing I can say to make it any better. But the one thing about him is, is his calmness, I suppose, um, along the line. And, and this year, um, I suppose, it was our third year, but Richie Thornton came in from Tyrone, and we just were looking for something a wee bit different as well in a coaching capacity. And Richie had been in Donegal, but Union's Letter Kenny for a couple of years, and I suppose. Once Richie came in, that was, that was a massive boost as well because he's an incredible coach and an incredible person. And I suppose the dynamic between the three of us, we all worked so well. We didn't always agree. <laughs> it wasn't always uh, straightforward because um, we were all have difference of opinion. But, uh, you know, that dynamic works because every decision that somebody was sort of half making was second-guessed and questioned. And by the time we got talking it out, we probably come to the, the right decision in the end. Um, So, it was all those things together.
0: What makes Mickey different to any other manager, do you feel?
1: I suppose, look, it's it's very hard to tell. Um, I think it's probably the case that I suppose every manager's their own style. Some managers shout and, and roar. You know, some manage with fear. I suppose with Mickey, it's very different in that he is such a nice man that players want to play for him, you know, and if you play bad, you feel you're letting him down. You know, I think that's the thing that not many managers have. I know in, in my time, like Brian McIver, that, that managed, obviously, and Donegal, would have had that for me, Um, and that he was so good to you, and he gave you everything you needed, and you didn't want to play badly because you knew you'd have been letting him down, you know, first and foremost, and then the team after that. So I think that's what he has. Players are playing for him. You know, and they see themselves as an extension of, of him and when they're not doing what they should do, they feel it's nearly directly um, letting them down.
0: What's your reaction like in that Club all island when uh, Jerome Johnston puts the ball in the back of the net? Uh,
1: my reaction wasn't anything because I actually didn't see it because I was, along with the fourth official, trying to take off a corner back to put on Maxter forward to see if we could force... Um, a draw, so <laughs> we were taking off a cornerback at that stage to bring on another forward, the sub had already been made, but it was just who we were taking off so um, the panic at my stage was try to keep the cornerback on and get a forward out, so I think Jerome ended up coming off at that instance because he sort of took a cramp and went down, so I think we actually took him off because somebody had to come because someone was already made so uh, that was my reaction but I suppose, look, we've been in the situation over the last number of years where We've been looking nearly dead and buried at the end. A um, couple of times against Burn with a replay, with a replay against uh, Warren Point, against Kerry Duff, against Glenn, against Finbar. So the one thing that this team in Kilku will do is they will battle to the end. That's that's a given. Um, look, and when it's enough, it's enough. If it's not, you have to be proud of, of the effort that they give because you know, they won't lay down. If they're going to die, they'll die with their boots on.
0: And just finally, what, what what are those few minutes like after you do win the all Ireland on the pitch?
1: They're scarcely believable um, because, as I said at the start, you kind of never want to contemplate losing because it's just too difficult and too painful. But you don't want to contemplate the final whistle either because if it doesn't happen, the disappointment's so huge. So you're always just in that flux in the middle. Um, but once the final whistle goes... It's just, from a coaching and a management perspective, it's just such relief because every year, Kane ends in failure for every other team bar one. So like even the year we won Ulster Club, we lost to Coraffin in the final. So that year, it felt like a failure. And as far as you still get beat, you still get that feeling and dejection where you have to go again. Whereas this time, it was so different that. That's it. It's done. Every other game was, well, you move on, you know, the Ulster final came and then you moved on to Finbar's and for two weeks you're just consumed by the opposition, you know, their names, who comes on for who on the bench, what foot do they kick with and, you know, your life from a coaching perspective just is on hold because every spare minute you're trying to watch a video, you're trying to get something. You know, it's probably easier for players in that regard, but um, when the final whistle goes and you're just looking for, for somebody to grab, and it's just amazing. Um, just an absolutely amazing feeling, and I can only imagine what what the boys were going through that at, at that stage because it looked kind of dead and buried for for a minute or two.
0: And did you have any doubts?
1: I always you always have doubts. Like uh, I suppose I'd be pessimistic a lot of the time, and I try not to be. But um, when you're watching a team, you're really only you know when we're watching the videos of the Crooks and you're watching all the stuff that they were doing and how good they were and how organised they were and the fact that you're watching them, they were doing it in Crook Park it gave a massive advantage to them because they'd been there and you're looking at um, Kane O'Connor and you're wondering why is he not starting? You know, and whenever they named him in the programme to start you're thinking they've thrown the dice here and then they didn't start him and you're wondering like it just shows that the riches they had that, you know, the, to lose a player like Paul Mannion and have a player like Kian O'Connor in the bench, but I'm still not start. It just shows the talent pool that, that the Crooks have, and you know on the day like their forward line was was excellent, and you know they'll probably feel very aggrieved at the way it went. But you know that's just the way the way it works. Sometimes you, you get the breaks, and sometimes you can be unlucky. And like for them, you know they were great Lancer champions, and like they put us to the pin of our collar. But you know just it was brilliant for Kilku to get over the line in that one. And
0: finally, before we bring in Kyle, and uh, just. Move on to discussing about the the celebrations. What were they like? Uh,
1: look, it was it was magical, you know, because obviously there's a community centre at the pitch, and uh, all the supporters gather there. And obviously, from last year when we just when we won the championship, and this year, you know, with all the protocols for COVID, we respected them, so nobody went inside the hall. So what happened was all the supporters gathered in the bank. The players went down to the pitch and. If everything was done outside um, and we, we maintained that because obviously um, there'll be a lot of people in Kilku that would be vulnerable and you're trying to, to protect that but once the boys got to the sponsor Paddy McGinnis and Quinns in Newcastle, I think the videos um, were well enough seen that uh, a lot of the Covid protocols went out the window for a wee while and uh, look, it, it was incredible like you know to be fair you know the Brannigans after any match they, they don't go out that's not them and and even the Brannigans were were there enjoying it, which was was very special to see them out and not uh, just in a different environment.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's unreal feelings. I think we have Kyle there. His camera just seems uh, to be off. Can you hear us, Kyle? Yeah,
1: I can hear you. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I just can't see it. Let
1: me see if I can. Throne man, the then thrown man probably were looking at discount on their broadband so... <laughs>
2: Was oh yeah, yeah. happened, to the
1: broadband there, so it was but a bit far away now up here. <laughs> uh, if you're still in boat, we could have called in together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Lads, just to bring in um a piece in the independent, I'm sure we've all seen it. Billy McMahon's piece on Mayo um on Saturday there. Before we get in to talk about the league. Kyle, just coming to you first, like this will obviously give Mayo unbelievable motivation to prove him wrong. But do you think motivation can still be used uh, in the inter-county game today? Uh,
2: I would believe that it, um, it can be used uh, at any level. Um, and I, I was probably quite shocked to, to read some of the, the lines that come out of the commercial article um, itself, but. No, look, uh, motivation can definitely be used at any level, uh, uh, and we all use it um, t- to our advantage in any instance we can, but definitely it'll be used, and Mayo will use it to till, till any advantage, and I'm sure they used it on Saturday night. It was a coincidence that they happened to be playing just on Saturday night whenever the article came out, so um, you, you can see that you see in some of their tackling and some of their, their play that they definitely used it to their advantage, and... Uh, I'm not sure if I, if I totally agree with that because, like, I, I read Paul Flynn's article earlier in the year, and he says that, you know, they were as good as they were because of Mayo. You know, Mayo brought out the best in them, and that's that. That's the way I would look at it. Like,
0: and Conla, do you think newspaper articles and that? Do you think it will be stuck up in the dressing room or anything?
1: Yeah, look, I I was like Kyle, I was surprised just at the the ferocity of it. Um, and I would imagine the senior Dublin players and Desi Ford probably didn't appreciate it because it just heaps a wee bit more pressure on them, especially when things aren't going well. But no, definitely players at the very top end. Look, it's not huge, but everybody wants an edge, you know, and it could be what they said about the boys down the road. And it definitely gives players an edge and a, a bit of extra motivation. And if Mayo were to get over the line and happen to beat the Dubs again and maybe in an all Ireland final, you look to that and say, that was the moment. But if you don't, it's it's worthless. So um, I think Mayo will use it. You know, through the year when things get tight and they come under a wee bit of pressure, you know, they'll revert back to something that they can hang their hat on. But um, look, I think in a week or two, it dies down from a Dublin point of view and it moves on. But I think Mayo will definitely keep that in their locker just in case they need it down further down the line.
0: And Kyle, during your career, would you ever have had a loose paper edge kill or something like that stuck up in the dressing room while renting?
2: Um, probably not from an inter-county point of view um, maybe more from a club point of view you, you know a, maybe an old jersey tossed around the change rooms at some stage back in the day but not not so much at county level I know that um, working under Mickey Hart for a few years Mickey w- was quite intrigued of what the media would say and, and how they would portray his Tyrone team so the, the, it would have been used in, in our team talks to a certain degree look you've been wrote off before you, you go out this team as part of its own team probably with the likes of Stephen O'Neill and players who were coming to the end of their career and Mickey would have used that to tell a degree that saying that the media had us wrote off that we were an aging team that you know we couldn't do it anymore at the top level so um, that's probably the kind of instance in terms of anything being pinned up or anything um, be, being there physically no, never really nothing like that but it has been used to them types of words and look, every manager has their own way of motivating the team. And just with the, that was the the only true manager for an Inter be period of time that I worked under. So he did um, use it till a certain degree, not all the time. But Mickey read all the papers and uh, and see, happened to see everything. Even though he had no social media, I don't know how that worked.
0: <laughs> and would you, did you ever stick anything up in the Kilcoo wall, us? No, it's
1: not something. Um, it's not something that we would we would do. Um, players would be looking for edges all the time, um, but it'll be more player-led. But no, there'll be nothing like that. But I, I know, like I suppose, leading into, I suppose, this year's Ulster Club, like, you know, now the podcast are such a thing, you'd be listening to podcasts and, you know, and everybody would have been tipping Glenn to win it and Scotstown to win it and Kilcoo, you know, are ageing and, you know, ah, look, they're, they're past their best. And look, it's not a big deal from a management point of view. You know, it's just opinions and everybody has to give them. But I know some of the players would have taken you know, bits and pieces of things that some of the, you know, the pundits and podcasts would have said. And, you know, while it wouldn't have been a huge talking point in a dressing room, there would have been things that they would have talked about privately and nights before training. And, you know, and everybody's just looking for something just to get them through that night and just a wee age. And and that's all it takes because football is now, and hurling is now so professional that, you know, you're just looking for a wee one percenters, you know, if you can get a one percent here and one percent there, because, Generally, things really are 80 or 90% of what they're going to be. And it's just how you can squeeze that wee bit of extra, as you said, at the moment.
0: Looking at Division One, um, it's safe to say there's only one game in town. Like the, It's the main one already Dublin Kildare. It's sold out already, Kyle. It's, I think it's really getting everyone going this week who's a Gaelic football supporter.
2: Yeah, it's, it's the one I'll be looking forward to seeing. I'll be looking forward to seeing them all, but it's the one that probably the the result means the most, nearly from a results point of view, it means the most at the weekend. Obviously, with, with Dublin having no points, we haven't seen this sort of circumstance for a long, long time. Kildare not being in the best place either. Um, but obviously, it being down in Newbridge, being sold out. Um, Dublin with a, a team that's probably a bit... Uh, it's a bit of a bare bones of a team that, that they've had over the last few years. So it's the only game in town this weekend that, that people will want to see in terms of result. And I think a lot of people will be looking for a Kildare win just for a neutral point of view, even just to, to, to rattle Dublin even more from, from where they have been these last few years. But there's no doubt Kildare can, can go on and win the game. But it's just whether they can... Uh, I was down in Ballybuffet a few weeks ago, and scores were were hard to come by for them. They kicked an awful lot of wides. Um, I don't think Daniel Flynn had a shot at goals compared to last weekend. So it'll be it'll be an interesting battle, as as one I'm definitely looking forward to, to watching on on Sunday.
0: And Kyle, if Kildare to win, like it's it's huge for the Leinster Championship as well overall. If teams see Dublin being beaten by a Leinster team.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, It'll do the, the Leinster Championship the world of good. Um, and no, no teams have been relatively close in Dublin in a few games the last couple of years. But this is a chance where Dublin probably aren't as dominant as we have seen. They aren't as strong as previous years. The team probably has a few new faces that haven't experienced that type of championship football. The Leinster Championship in Croke Park. So this will be a chance. Kildare will want to lay down marker. Big team, they'll want to, to lay the stall out early. It'll be physical, you can be sure of that. There'll be a lot of heat heat on the tackle. So, um, if they are to win, I think they, they have to set their stall out early. They have to get in Dublin spaces. They have to rattle them. Um, and as I say, the three lads probably inside, uh, Paddy would get Jimmy Highland and Daniel Flynn have to all be on target. Even at the weekend, we've seen the, the kick wide against Tyrone, although it was bad conditions. But... Daniel Flynn had a chance near the end to, to you know, to seal the win for them, to get two points up in Tyrone and you've got to be making Nell uh, Morgan make a save at that situation.
0: like. And is and with Kildare as well, we've seen these teams in Division 1 maybe where you have positive performances but the results aren't going your way and you're in these games and you should be winning them but you keep coming out on the wrong side of them and I think that's what Kildare kind of feels so far.
1: Yeah, well, I was I was in OMA um, on Sunday for, for Terrone Kildare. And I suppose all the goodwill in Kildare at the moment for the dream team management that they really wanted. But I think Kyle touched on it. Um, looking back at the notes there, they had 25 shots. They were less than 50% accuracy to shot, you know, which is very, very low at top level football. Um, and again, when you had the likes of Daniel Flynn, for 12, 13 minutes, he looked unstoppable but he disappeared then for long periods. You know, a lot of talk coming into the game about you know how good Jimmy Hyland had been scoring one ten in the previous games. He was very much anonymous. So, like, if they are to beat Dublin, you know, Mick O'Grady was getting all the plotters coming into the game, having kept all the top forwards um, scoreless. Mick got his fill of it with McCurry. I thought McCurry was outstanding on the day, probably back to last year's form. And I think Kildare flattered to deceive. The game was there to be won. And as you say... They just couldn't get over the line. They were brilliant in patches. Um, I thought, there's some bench coming off. Um, like, I thought, Kerwin came off the bench. I thought, look, you know, brilliant football. I thought, Alex, um, I think it was Kerwin, I think it was maybe Jack Sargent came on, looked really good. Uh, but they didn't get over the line. And this game, this weekend, dublin coming to the town. Massive game. The team that loses are dropping the Division 2, out of no doubt, because I can't see... Kildare, Dublin. Even if it's, Dublin, do you feel Even there, if it's yeah. Dublin, I just I think they're going to run out of road, and um, they're going to need six points to stay up. Possibly five. They just could run out of road based on the teams they're coming on. So I think it's massive, and all the teams and around them that are looking at that. Um, Kildare could win it absolutely, but I think as scale touched on, it'd be massive for Leinster if a team could beat Dublin. Dublin will know that they already look a wee bit less invincible than they had done previously but this will be a statement of intent this week I don't know how many of their injured players they'll get back in they did look a wee bit more like themselves in patches last week not good enough for the level they'd been at but it is a very different Dublin team I don't think there's panic yet because they only have to steady themselves in if they get enough points in the league to stay up they only have to steady themselves and you would think they'll win Leinster reasonably easy based on the league form of the other Leinster teams
0: and Kyle, Desi Ferrers referenced he wants to find players. Do you think he's found any new players yet? Um, looking at
2: their team from the from the weekend, they, they had Larkin O'Dell yeah. looks sharp uh, up front. Um, I think Ryan Basquel can play can play uh, from the back lane of Lee Gann. Dara Conlon, Sean Bugler. So, obviously playing uh, lined out of wing back, but it's it's very hard for us to to. To look for new players whenever the results have been probably as poor as they have been, I do think Larkin O'Dell can can offer something up front. He looks sharp. Um, he looks comfortable on the ball, and I do think that Sean Bugler moving maybe from, from wing wing half forward to a wing half posi- back position can can offer them something fresh. You know, offer them something new going forward. But at the end of the day, we still look till the likes of Brand Fenton, Kieran Kenny, um and. <laughs> Come on, Connell Callaghan coming back could be like a new player just as Dublin team the way things are at the moment. Uh, but they have their blood new faces. We, we can see that. Jesse's obviously trying to find new players. He's given people opportunities which everybody wants. Who at the minute There's nobody really has stood up and put their hand up and said I, I really want that jersey. Um, that's from watching the game so far. I haven't been at any of the Dublin games as, the, as of yet. But from from a from a neutral point of view, Lorcan Rodell probably seems like the person that's standing out. He's got opportunities in, in all three games to to put his hand up. He, he probably looks the, the most standout of anybody. But as I say, if you have James McCarthy back, Conway Callaghan, the way things are going, just dude, as Khalid says, there's probably no panic in Dublin at the moment, but there's probably a, a lot of conversations of, you know, w- w- when you need that win, the conversation goes completely different to you know being in a comfortable position, sitting first or second the table where they have been of his last number of years. Now all of a sudden it's a it's a different conversation. It's a different team talk. It's a different group. It's, so this game at the weekend puts. Up, I think it's it's all the pressure on Dublin. I know Kildare um, will want to win to, to save their Division One status, to mark a, to to get two points on the board, but. All the pressure is definitely on, on Dublin in that regard because we know that obviously they're six in a row all ireland champions and they, they've been so many times that they have been, haven't been been beaten the championship and stuff like that. So the pressure is definitely on them. But as you say, Larkin Rodell probably for me has been the standout player for, for Dublin and Desi's blooding the new, the new guys in.
0: Colin, do you just feel like the, they're lacking a bit of a structure up front at the moment? It, like, especially the last day you looked Dean Rock. He's on Lee Keegan. It's it's just a mismatch with pace there. And then you're looking at how tight Newbridge is going to be this Sunday. Like, Because we've seen Kerry struggle with the tightness of this pitch.
1: Uh, yeah, look, and again, it'll be heavy. It it does play even more narrow because the supporters are on top of you. Um, and it's a difficult place to go. But I think, as Cale said, Odell probably looks the most likely to break in. The hard bit for all the young players that are getting a chance for Dublin is that they're all having to play together. So it's not like you're putting one half forward and experienced half forward line. You know, you're having to mix so many players in. And whenever a player's getting it tight, it'd be great to see you know the likes of Conor Gallahan in there. You know, Costello, you know Small, that are able to nurse the young players through. They don't have that now, and the young players are kind of been left to out, hung out to dry in a Dublin team that's experimental and just not firing. Um, so from that perspective, and, and you look at Mayo as an example. Mayo brought in two or three players, but they brought them into a more experienced Spain. You know, so you the likes of um, Jack Kearney and you know Aidan Orm looked brilliant, but they were in a better line with players around them doing the nuts and bolts for them. So I think probably Dublin need to get these players a chance, but not all together. And I think as the league progresses. I think Conor Cannon comes back. You know Costello, Small, McCarthy. Suddenly, the lanes look better. And I think the problem Dublin will have is that they no longer have the strength and depth. You have no Mannion. You know, um, you're missing the players that are. You know, the lack of Basquel would have been a really good sub to come on. He now looks like he's going to start this year. So that means it just takes a bit of power off the bench. There's no McManaman to call on. Um, so I think the problem Dublin will have is that. They're kind of gonna be like every other team where a suspension or an injury to one or two players is gonna really weaken them. Whereas before, like they were almost superhuman. They lost a the player, it didn't matter.
0: And we're just seeing really uncharacteristic mistakes, Camlet. Like how do you go about fixing them? Because especially the last day, like they they nearly kept making the same mistake.
1: There was a lot of stuff that, that was messy. Um and that happens because Everybody's trained so hard. And that's the beauty of it is going forward. The, you know, I hear some people talking about the lack of chemistry. That comes with time. Um, all the young players want to make a name for themselves. So where Dublin would have sort of not took any shots from outside the D, players want to get on the score sheet. They want to do well for themselves and for Dublin. And then they do things that are uncharacteristic. But it's the it's the experienced players making the mistakes that would worry me. It's the ball getting to midfield and them lumping it in. High and long, and it got over the sideline. Things like that will be the problem. But they're getting the shots. You know, the one thing is they're still getting the shots. I think was it O'Dell get the gold chance that was saved, which was a brilliant yeah. save. You know, that goes in. Dublin's in the hunt for the game again. O'Dell, we're talking about him in a slightly different way. So there's very small things that would make big differences. But I think if they could sort out their problems up front, like defensively, it'll be easy for them to sort because they'll get bodies back inside the 45. But will they have anybody at the weekend to mark Daniel Flynn? You know, will they have the personnel back that can do those jobs? That'll be the question for me in the week that's in it.
0: And, Kai, we've talked about Kildare's dream management team. Like, like they're not going to have to say too much, really. Like, like once they speak to the Kildare players, and especially the people they have involved uh, with this Kildare team,
2: no, the the motivation won't. The, they'll not need anything pinned up on the wall. You can be sure of that there'll be no Dublin jerseys being kicked around the changing rooms to, to motivate them. But one one point just before Conleth made, made on Daniel Flynn, I was at the Donegal game and I seen him in person and a freakish type of pace and power. And uh, I watched obviously the throne game just from from the the TV at the weekend. But I do believe that that they need someone to coach him on his. Uh, his runs because every time I watched him against Donegal, he, he was sprinting straight out towards the ball and trying to turn and take everyone on just down a lane or, or to run past Tier three, which he did do against own a couple of times and left tier man three men for dead. But I do think if, if we could, they could get someone in and get him moving laterally like McCurry, like Clifford does, like, you know, Conor Callahan does, you know, that would make a huge difference to the Kildare's play because it, when he gets the ball, he's outside the 45, so we need something spectacular from him or he has to try and burn people down the line t- to try and, you know, t- to produce a bit of magic. Um, that's just one point that I've seen on him because the, the Donegal full-back, I'm not sure his name, he had a really good game that day, but he just kept and Daniel out the field. So, But from a Kildare point of view, their management, um, they, they'll not need too much motivation. Obviously, you, there's a, a huge re- amount of rage in this game with the result. With the Leinster Championship coming up, you know, Johnny Doyle, Anthony Rainbow, they'll not need too much motivation to to, to get this team going. It'll be, look, it, it's, it's going to be a fantastic game. It, it might not just be the, the best spectacle, but you can be sure that the turnover count will be through the roof for, for both sides.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> If we were to call this, I'll come to you first, and then back to Kyle. Uh, who do you think is going to win this one and why?
1: Yeah, look, I think it's important for both teams, and as Kyle said, you know, and Anthony, Rainbow, you know, Doyle, and, you know, like any player that wouldn't want to play for the boys, you know, as a Gildare man, you know, there's something wrong with them. So going in to St. Connolly's Park, it is going to be massive for Gildare. Yes, they can get something out of it. I just think Dublin... Are going to come this week with a bit between their teeth. They're going to have to win sometime. I think Dublin's just doing enough this week. And Kyle? <clears> can't <throat> agree
2: with Waldir, hey, man. Oh. <laughs> no, um, I I would be under the same impression as um, Kyle there. I, I just think that they're too long in the truth for this Kildare team. I do think Kildare are improving, they're making strides, they're going in the right direction. Um, they're uh, just—I just don't think they get enough scores on the board to win the game. From they—they they need to hit the net twice, I think, to beat Dublin. Mm-hmm. And that's not saying that they need to hit two fifteen, two sixteen. I—I think two, you know, two eight, two 7 wins the game, something along those lines. But they need to hit the net twice, and I don't see them hitting the net twice against. Um, Dublin, so I think Dublin can, can scrape through with a, with a, a couple and, of points to spare. I'm sorry,
1: and I'm just on that case, because I'm just looking at my notes from Sunday, the one thing that was markably, you know, when you talked about Highland, he was having a great game, and in the 16th minute he caught a mark, right on the 20 metre line, looked like he was going to kick him with his right foot, decided to kick him with his left, kicked it wide on went out of the game. Um, like in terms of goalkeeping, Mark Donnelly kicked a couple of great frees, but he also kicked a couple wide, you know, and I'm looking at it here, Highland missed a mark, Flynn missed a mark, Um, they missed two frees, and obviously then the free at the end. So I don't know whether free kicking is an issue for them. I know conditions were horrendous, so I wouldn't want to judge anybody on that. But they had a conversion rate of 48%, and their free kick was a conversion rate of 50%. So the one thing that Dublin will do in a tight pitch, if they get frees anywhere, they're going to kick their frees over.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Kyle, you mentioned there you're Tony uh, <coughs> Donegal-Kildare. Donegal host Tyrone. Uh, the game's live in RT on Saturday at half seven. Are Donegal as poor as what we've seen against Kerry on Sunday? Uh, s- Seeing them live
2: a few weeks ago, uh, uh, Michael Murphy went off after about 20 minutes with an impact injury. And I was sort of fearing for them at that stage because Kildare were, were creating opportunities, but they just uh, they couldn't convert. They kicked a few wides and, and whenever Murphy went off, we, we know the kind of talisman he is for, for Donegal. We know um, he's probably the most influential player for any team throughout Ireland. That that would be my probably impression of him. There's nobody that leads the team probably as well as him. There's nobody sort of rallies the troops. He's the type of man that bees at full back. He can win the ball from underneath the crossbar. The next next attack, you see him, he, he's in full forward, swinging it over the bar. That's how important he is to, to Donegal, but they're, they're not as poor as we've seen last week. Definitely not. Uh, I spoke to Martin McHugh after the game, and he was sort of disappointed that they, they get a lot of... They, he thinks it's a tactic from them that they push... When they win the ball, they push a lot of defenders up the pitch to they, they continue their running, and it sometimes clogs their space for their forwards. And... I did notice that a few times when, when he did point it out to me. I watched the game back and they had a lot of uh, defenders in forwards positions right underneath the crossbar. There was nearly clogging the space <clears> and <throat> they did end up getting a goal out of one of those situations. I can't remember who scored it, but I think it might have been Ryan McHugh, but the bodies around him was crazy and it, it flacked it off the, and the keeper went down to save it and it, he couldn't he, he couldn't make the save. But they're definitely not as poor as that. We, we know that McBeardy, if he hits far, him, he's capable of seven or eight points. Ryan Hughes obviously laying out in the forward lane at the moment. I'm not sure that that would be ideal for me. I, I think Ryan is the type of player with his, feet, his, uh, his face facing the goals is a totally different type of opposition. you know. It reminds me of an awful lot of Peter Hart that some players have the act of playing with their back to goals and some players don't. And I think that he, he definitely... When he's on, on the full the steam ahead, he's hard to stop. So Donegal are not as poor uh, as we've seen I've uh, seen Steve McMahonman obviously coming back in at the weekend maybe earlier than expected. He he's another plus he's another sticky defender that, that they'll have back in there. Um I'm not sure how far Murphy is away, but Donegal, Tyrone going down to Bally Buffet in the league don't have the best record. So Donegal will be looking to lay down sort of the marker for the Ulster Championship and obviously lay down a marker for Proud they were last weekend. We can't, we can't judge a team on, on one performance as we've seen with Throne last year, Danny Killarney. It's not an easy place to go.
0: Are they able to cope without Murphy for you, Conlon?
1: The struggle, they're very dependent on him and even at the moment, it doesn't seem that it's not that they're dependent from a performance point of view as such, it's more so for his leadership and his organisational skills because when he goes off, things seem to just fall apart a wee bit. He, just, he is that important and I think Kyle touched on it he is the most influential player for any team um, in the division. You know, even though Clifford and people like that are brilliant, they can cope with them. Um, I think Donegal are better than the they've shown last week, for sure. Like, I think they will be there, thereabouts, to win Ulster. Um, but there's a big game. Both Donegal and Torona are in three points. Whichever team can get the five points here, it goes a long way to safety. Um, if Torona or Donegal stay on three points and, you know, Kildare or Dublin can get a point, you know, depending on what happens with Monaghan, suddenly the loser of this game gets pulled into that relegation dogfight again. So the division is just so tight. Um, but I think in the likes of, you know, and Langan and McBerty and, you know, just, among, they just have just so much quality um, all over the place, the pace, the power. Um, if there's one place I think I'd be critical of them is it just they just don't seem to be able to get enough scores to put teams away. And over the last couple of years, I thought they might have won Ulster and they've kind of fallen a wee bit flat. Um, Probably, for me, it's a case now that if they could beat Tyrone, it would be a massive statement. Um, But Tyrone now will be buoyed by that win. They'll have the suspended players back. Um, If Murphy doesn't play, it means Potty Hampshire can pick up somebody else and it really puts the pressure on Donegal. But Tyrone's record in Ballybuffet is very, very poor, as is pretty much every team. Nobody goes to Bolly Buffet and gets normally anything out of it. So, um, this could be a game I wouldn't be shocked if this is another drill.
0: McGonagall looks like he's out for most of the season. Langan's out for this game. Murphy's obviously out for this game. Jamie Brennan still has to come back. Not sure what the story with him is. Ushin Gallon came on. Are they nearly struggling to find someone in there with Macbeth as the economist?
1: I think they are. I think Probably, the one problem Donegal have is that the players are so versatile, you know, like it's very hard to tell the difference between a half back and a half forward. You know, they're moving and they're interchanging so much. And as Kyle said, they're trying to get forward and they're maybe blocking up space and, and it's maybe something technically they have to work on. Um, and for me that'll be the problem, and that you don't really know where anybody's going to play. So until they settle a team, it's going to be very difficult for them. But moving into the championship, this is a massive game. If they get if they could get to five points. It's probably safety, and then they can start with one eight in the Championship.
0: Kyle, with Tyrone as well, you, you could really <laughs> see that win against Kildare, backs to the wall, they finish well, Darren McCary's goal, like it. it really feels like that Kildare win could be a significant point in their season. Uh,
2: absolutely. That's, that was a huge win. Um, just... The way the season had sort of went, the nature of the McKenna Cup defeat to Calvin, then, then draw with Monaghan the first day out, getting you know beat the second day, it's that that was a huge win for Tyrone. We, we forget that that Tyrone team that, that took the pitch on on Sunday against Kildare were seven men short of the All-Ireland final team. We had the four suspended men, Matty Donnelly, Rona McNamee, and Michael O'Neill, so we're half a team here down and we had players that come in. Potty McNulty has only come back training within a couple of weeks. Mm. Um, Niles London went to half-back. Frank Burns, man of match, he ended up in cornerback. So, they responded. uh, I would imagine that that Doher had them well rallied up um, before the game and at half-time, but their backs were definitely against the wall, as Connell pointed out. McCurry probably hadn't looked as sharp as he had been last year, and even in the first two league games, he, he had been kicking a few wides, and I uh, know, know him personally, uh, that would have annoyed him. He, he would have been up at Aidan Dark Pitch here, probably at night-time, kicking balls. So, that, that, it would have been good to, good to see him back in target again. He looked sharp, he took his goal really well. So, that, that'll that do their, their confidence the world of good, and, and they probably are a couple of weeks behind in terms of their physical training. They're, 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 we're back from holidays late, and. Had a few COVID stuff issues, so they're probably they're probably a couple of weeks behind in terms of training and conditioning. This week, the, this week will, will be another test for them as it's, as we stated before. You don't go to Ballybofey, you don't get much easier out of there. So, this is a huge game also in terms of the relegation fight because you'd rather be in five points uh, uh, than being, obviously being on, on three and, and looking below you and seeing maybe Dublin coming behind you till there. So, <coughs> it's a huge huge game for both teams.
0: Kyle, is one thing though for Tyrone. I was talking about it with Danny Hughes on the podcast on Sunday. Are they finding it hard to find Conor McKenna's best position?
2: Uh, I I said this last year. Um and I, I didn't it didn't not that it proved me wrong, but he he produced a couple of probably moments of magic. I, I know for a fact that he he was coming off in the all semi anything that he scored a goal. Um that, that that was something that, that just that uh, knowing the boys being so close to him, he, he was coming off. Only he 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 yeah. got a, a goal and, and obviously we know what happened after that, he got another one. So it's hard to find a probably position for him because to me he probably doesn't look as fit as he needs to be at the moment. Just probably being in holidays. I know he went on an extended break, he he went down skiing um after the the team holiday. So, he, he's probably a bit further behind than everyone else. So, I, I, I would agree, tend to agree with that. his uh, best position? I did say last year that I would have loved to have seen a fit Conor McKenna at midfield. Just obviously, we, we've all seen the AFL clips. We've seen the, the, the line-breaking speed that he has. He, he is, it's probably a bit unnatural for someone like that to be so quick off the mark and, uh, and can break a line so quick. So, to me, I, I would love to see him in midfield. Obviously, we have the, the lads now, Connor and um, Brian Kennedy, and, and now uh, Paulie McNulty, obviously, coming into the mix because he'll be there thereabouts. Uh, I think I'd I love to see Connor McKenna at midfield, wh- whether that can be an option this year further down the line. But at the moment, they are struggling because he probably didn't have the game he wanted at 11 at the weekend. Do we put him inside? Does he does he go into full forward and, and try and, and be a partner for McCurry? Where do we go with Cajal McShane? Where does Matty Donnelly fit into the equation? So, they probably are struggling for a, a position for him um, at, at the moment, but he is a player that, with a, a click of a fingers, can produce a moment of magic.
0: And Conlet, Kyle's talking there about some of the forward options. Then you're in McShane, Derek Canavan, Michael O'Neill, the workhorse. Like, you'd nearly think... Mike Bradley leaves, Ron Rooney leaves. They're going to struggle, but it it's just an array of talent, particularly up front.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, look, and Derek Yanovan at the weekend. Like, I I'm such a fan of Derek Yanovan's. Um, I thought he was exceptional. He's young. When he gets a wee bit more composure in front of goal, you know, he's going to be devastating because everything else he does, brilliant. His ability to bring players into the game. You know, a couple of times he got to tuck a point. I think it was maybe for, um. Kilpatrick goal, he could have kicked a point, which was a big score at that time. Um again in a difficult breeze, but he held it, he held it, he held it, through the man, flipped across, and he could have had two goals or three goals himself. So, you know, I think he's brilliant. But again, I don't think those players are as big a miss from a team perspective, but I think from a training perspective, that is where the players that have left the throne panel are going to be the biggest miss because you know, as Calil talk tell you, going into these games, you're playing A V B and when you have a B team, that's as good as the A team. It really keeps everybody on their toes. And I read something today from uh, Kieran McGueney in the Irish News, and he said that competition is better than any coaching session because when players know there's somebody breathing down their neck, they up their game. And I think that's where Tyrone will probably feel the difference because when you were looking at the players that have left, you know, they'd be such good players such experienced players to have around training. And for those younger boys, and you look at, the bench, the Throne bench, like, Richie Donnelly came off the bench and he kept the winner. Um, but that was one point off the bench. The last game against Monaghan, they got no points off the bench. Um, so, what you really, what Throne really need is when players do come off the bench to add serious value. And I just would be worried that the players coming off the bench at the moment aren't, a bit like Dublin, aren't at the same standard as they had been previously because Throne were able to unleash players that would have been starting in the majority of teams. So I think there's loads and loads of talent. But again, you know, Nathan Donnelly's another player that I've watched for years for Kelly Clotter. And I always thought he was such a good player he should get a chance. He's getting his chance now and he's staying there. And obviously, his work great, his ability to carry ball. But he's not scoring a huge pile. And that's where maybe he might be vulnerable for a Conor McKenna, maybe at wing half forward, perhaps. I would agree with that. Um, from a Tyrone from point of view, just knowing that, that-
2: when you're playing an A-V-B game and Paddy Hampsey's going in till, till Mark Rooney O'Neill or going into Mark Mark Bradley, at the moment, that probably strength and depth that they have in their panel. I know Michael, my own club mate, Michael Cassidy, wasn't involved in any of the panels last year, but he pushed Taylor McCann the whole way that if Tehran had been injured, he was straight in. That was, that's the way things were working. Keep up McGarry was ready to come on in the All-Ireland semi-final for, to mark Tommy Walsh. So, th- those are the type of players that the Throne have lost from their panel. Yes, you know, they're trying to blood an odd new player here and there. They have a panel of players. They have a few players that, that haven't been named in the squad at the moment. They have a fella Liam Nugent, Emmett McNabb. Um, so, th- those as forwards, Lee Brennan's there again. So, I'd I, I be on the same lines as Connath. training now would be where I would see... W- what would be, what would be happening behind closed doors? Who's pushing who? Who's comfortable now? You know, that's that would be a big factor among the Tyrone team. Who, who's pushing
0: who? And Kyle, I'd say you're expecting Tyrone to back it up this weekend.
2: Uh, as I've said, Buffet is not one of those places. I, I think it, been involved with Tyrone for, for ten years, I, I think I only got one maybe possibly two wins in, in Vallejovay over that, the course of that time. It's, it's not a place where any team has a huge amount of success. Donegal, obviously coming off defeat last weekend against Kerry, the manner of the defeat, the manner of uh, probably how how they played. Uh, it's it's going to be a close, close, tight game. Uh, obviously, it being, being Saturday night comes into factor too. It's, it's a different... For, Occasion from being a Sunday game, you have to hang about a bit longer, and preparation be slightly different. So, I would be hoping for a Toron win. Whether I'm confident of a Tyrone win, I'm not 100% sure. I'm sitting on the fence this one. From from a Tyrone point of view, I I would see this going right to the wire. It could very, it could be it could be a draw very very easily. This one just with with so much rain on it, both teams will be cautious in, in one aspect, and it'll be just down to who makes the least mistakes, as most games do, but Tyrone, with the new, with, with the, the, the contingent of players back, do they put them straight back in and, and organise their team to how it was or do they keep the likes of Frank Burns, a cornerback, with, with getting a man of the match performance? It'll be just interesting to see how Tyrone set up, but I, I would see this one possibly being a draw.
0: You've said this could be a draw as well,
1: Yeah, look, I think um, Tyrone have a wee bit more form going into it, but it's in Bally Buffet. It's a Saturday night. You know, I think the weather could be bad again and, you know, when it comes down to it, I think Tyrone probably will have the advantage of having better free kickers. If it does come down to a really attritional dogfight, I think Neil Morgan can come up and kick freeze from distance and in a way that Patton can't. So I think they'll have a big advantage. If Michael Murphy's not playing, then, look, I think Tyrone could
0: it but very well it'll not be much in it and it could be a draw The third game in Division 1 Bayo in the High Park at 2 o'clock another real game to look forward to uh, here similarities between the two teams a lot of transitional players uh, on both sides and I suppose with Arma the big question was they were poor enough against Monaghan and that would have been the game. We would have usually seen Armad roll over, but they showed that bit of character.
1: I think so. I, I think look, that probably that draw. I think if Armad do check on, they'll look back at that as a massive turning point because things had went badly for them. Um, and I know Monaghan were very wasteful in the first half, but they hung in there and they dug in. And Monaghan have been a bogey team for Armad for, for quite a while. Um, but I like the look of this Armad team, the style of football they're playing. Um, their long kicking game getting out of the back quick I think up front when they hit a wee bit of form they've got really good forwards all over the place and they have a strong panel now which they probably hadn't had in previous years Um, again I think, I think they need to keep Rayne O'Neill fit Um, when he's fit and he's playing like at the minute he's probably in the top three or four players in Ireland in terms of forwards uh, I think it'll be a good game from the point of view of both teams will want to let the ball in early Um the worry, I suppose, is Armagh in previous years, defensively, have been a bit suspect. I think they've actually improved that. Um, Ten points, again, Monaghan was good going, they like that. The problem and the worry would be that Monaghan kicked 11 wides in the first half, and I know conditions were difficult and they were taking pot shots. And maybe Arma are looking at that and said, but we forced them into positions to kick where they wouldn't want to be kicking from. Um, but I think it's going to be a game that the winners of that game will probably look at a league final, I would say, um, based on the points they have. Um, but I think the pressure's off it a wee bit. I think five points, another win, anywhere down the line, will keep them safe. And and that's the priority. Mio probably don't really mind if it going to a league final or not. But I think Armagh, to get to the top of the table or in around there in a league final, I think for the transition of this Armagh team to become real contenders to win Ulster, which I think they are now, um, getting to a league final, regardless of the result, will be massive just to see where they're at at the level.
0: Just on Irma, uh, Kyle Stephen Campbell's been left on the bench. Is that a role he's going to play or do you think his performances now are earning them to break on to that starting 15?
2: I was at the game on Saturday night between, uh, between Monaghan and Armaa and I did say at half time, I, I did think that Monaghan or Armagh were going to make changes just with how the game was going. Uh, and sure sure enough, Stephen Campbell had the first two involvements in the second half. <coughs> he bounced the ball on the edge of the the, the goal mouth sort of well, sort, sorry, between the 13 and the 21 yard line. He went to bounce the ball and just where that patch of muckets, to get away from him. Out on the sideline, he kicked a, a great score just from underneath the step side. So he made two involvements again as soon as he came, came in I, I'm not sure that I, I don't know Stefan personally I've spoke to him a few times but I don't think personally that he, he, he would want the role of an impact sub I think he, he wants to be on on that starting team he's a quality player he can take people on he can kick scores out, off either foot Um, so I, I don't think it'll be a role that, that he'll be overly happy with but as Conlon said I looked at the, their bench on on Saturday night they had Nell Grimley O'Shea O'Neill Mm-hmm. Um, Kieran O'Hanlon, I think it was. They had another few names that, that caught my eye.
0: And Greeley um, as well. He stayed in midfield against yeah,
2: Connor Connor Turbett, come on. Yeah. So they, they they had names on the bench where I'm thinking, here yeah, these boys could be starting just as handy. Um, and they're going to finish the game as, as strong. Uh, one part of view, I didn't think they kicked the ball an awful lot on Saturday. Maybe the conditions. Um into that, that a wee bit but they didn't let the ball in as much as we've seen against Tyrone um, obviously uh, Ray Rain O'Neill went off injured and, and then came back on in the second half he had a, his left calf um, uh, heavily strapped so I'm not sure what the, the repercussions of, of that will be but I do like their style of play I've watched them a few times last year they were a team probably working on things last year uh, and they got to the stage of just that they, they run out of road they get nipped by Monaghan so this year they, they've made, they've tightened up at the back. Um, they obviously don't want to concede as much as uh, as they have been, but I, I've been enjoying their state of play. I've been enjoying their tenacity. Eden Fawkers a player for them that he can play at any end of the field. You know he plays full forward for his club, Mahary. At one stage on Saturday night, he had Connor McManus, Connor McManus end up playing full back. Um, so this is a team that, that's definitely with. A number of teams in Ulster would be looking at an Ulster Championship, but I, I do fancy them to go down to, to Mayo with the weekend and that big open pitch they can use that kicking game far better. Hyde Park is a, 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 a massive pitch and if, if Ray and would just all you want the to see them do is let that ball in early and, and let them do the damage.
0: Are they all Ailing contender, contenders, lads? Uh,
1: that remains to be seen. I think where this team needs to go, the to in Ulster. Um, That'll be the one thing that would really take them to a new level. Uh, to be fair, like, I'm a fan of Ciaran McGuinness anyway. I think what he's done there um, has been incredible because he's had very difficult years and after two, three years when things aren't going perfectly, a lot of people would throw in the towel and say, look, we'll have another go somewhere else. But he didn't. He stuck with it. He's now in, I think, his seventh year and I think he's now got the strongest panel he has available to him. Um, The one thing... That I would worry about from an Armagh point of view, um, looking in from the outside, would be their kickouts. Uh, Blaine Hughes, brilliant kicker of the ball. I don't know if it's a movement thing, but in the first half, when Monaghan pushed up, you know they pushed four across the first line, they pushed three across the next line, and they got serious joy out of the 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 kickout. Um, like I would imagine, the one thing Mayo will do is they will press the kickout, and I think in these situations, like Blaine's a very young young lad you know, can play outfield as well for his club. Um, I think he will improve and learn from all these experiences. But the one thing they have to do is get the land share of possession from their own kickouts. If they can do that, like, I think, as Kane touched on, like, Aiden Fokker for me, is one of the most underrated footballers in the country. He will play anywhere, do any job, relentless. Um, And I know Aidan personally, and the effort that he would go to, Um, like, last year when he had COVID, you know, like the effort he went to away from it to make sure he was back because he, he got really knocked down hard with it. So, like they have players and, and in Turbot, I think this is the time that Conor Turbitt's going to kick in. For me, one of the most exciting young players there is, um, maybe in Ulster at the moment. Um, I know he was used last year as an impact sub. Maybe Stephen Campbell's job will be it this year. But I think every time Turbot came off the bench last year, particularly against Monaghan, you know, he scored the goal, um, he scored a point. He always does something special. Um, and I think Armagh are definitely up there. Um, But I think if they could win an Ulster Championship, that would be probably enough to set the scene. If they could get a league final this year, you just don't know. It's probably been the most open race for Sam Maguire in over a decade. And there is five teams there now, six teams that are looking at it going realistically. Tyrone have showed that the glass ceiling is broke and that if Tyrone can do it, you know maybe we're not that far away. You couldn't in that. Uh not just yet, but but going really, really well. Um if they can beat Galway and Roscommon, then they're in that, they're in that for me. And I think they'll definitely beat Roscommon. You know, Galway's probably a wee bit ahead at the moment, but I think promotion's looking very likely. I think going brilliant.
0: And just on Mayo, uh, Kyle. Like, I don't think James Warren gets the credit mm-hmm. of all these young players he's constantly bringing through. And then you have to consider the players they were missing against Dublin and you have Jason Doherty and Kaleen O'Connor to come back in.
2: Yeah, you, ha- you look at it that way too. Du- Every minute as much, if not more, they had more influential players probably missing against Dublin And Dublin. Yes, we know Dublin had Conn and... Paddy Small, James McCarthy missing. Um, they don't have Jack McCaffrey and, and Paul Mannion at their disposal, but the, the yeah. amount of players that Mayo were missing, and as you say, James horn probably doesn't get the credit with, with the players he, he has brought through, the likes of Owen McLaughlin. Um, the, the, he, he was really, really good last year. So I, I would do. I would point to put that down to till blood and maybe one, two players in at a time. Uh, uh, Connolly pointed out earlier, we see Dublin maybe with laying it out with six or seven very new faces to, to the senior setup. And look, there's no doubt that even an under 20 competition is completely different than going to playing senior football at inter county level. It's it's crazy, but James Ward's done a fantastic job. He seems to have all the respect of the players, he, he seems to get the players um, eaten out of the palm of their hand. You know, the, that seems to be. You know the problem that maybe Mayo had previously that maybe managers just weren't agreeing with some of the players and, and things they got, there's things that's happened. But James Horn seems to be the man, he, he seems to have all the player, players with the shoulders of the wheel. But it's obviously having us in Mullen staying, staying this year is a huge plus for them. Like he, he, he was exceptional for whatever length of time he was on the pitch on Saturday night against Dublin. He just is that type of player that, that seems to bounce across the ground. He's a spring and a step every time he gets the ball. His heads up, he's moving forward. He's quick. Um, he knows how to kick a score, so that that's another plus for them, keep, being able to keep him. And obviously, Ian Dossier came on this year, which, or came on sorry Saturday night, and I think could be a a role for him going through the course of the year. Maybe not too much throughout the the, the Connacht Championship, but he could be used as an impact sub. So we've seen what can influence. Eden's really, really good at throwing about the ball. His basketball skills come in to, to play there. So, them's the type of players that you want around the young fellas. Uh, if they have, like, likes of one new player in the forward line or, or one new player in defense, they have a lot of experienced players around them. And they are a team that <laughs> the, they'll not worry too much about a league final. If they get there, they'll be happy enough. And, but we know that Mayo's ultimate goal is to, to win somewhere.
0: And Conla, just finally on this game, um, do you, do you think eventually for Mayo that the loss of Tommy Conroy could actually prove to be a huge loss?
1: Yeah. Look at the very top end. Whenever it comes to hand out the big wins in Croke Park, you know it could be massive. Um, I think as Cale touched on. Like, the player, you know, like O'Hara to come back. Um, you know, I think at the weekend, whatever they brought on McLaughlin and O'Shea, just to see it out, I thought that was massive. The experience he showed, he was taking hits. Um, you know, but in the likes of, of Jack Kearney and, and Aidan Norm, you know, they've now got a couple of players that look like maybe they could step in. If Killian O'Connor comes back, you know, suddenly they're looking like real contenders. But the caveat is we've been here before, you know, unfortunately with Mio, where... They go to Croke Park, they've got a couple of big results. They look brilliant and have just come up short. Um, so that all said, I think what James Horn has done has been brilliant. He has got an, practically a new team again. Um, you know, with the likes of Boyle and players like that that went away. Um, he's been able to replace them it's been seamless. You know, most other teams go into a year or two of transition and flux, but he's been able to do it seamlessly and I think he seems to have a great way with them. They seem to have a great way with them as well. And in has is a massive personality to not start him. And I think his best position may be coming off the bench to settle things down whenever the game gets a bit topsy-turvy. Because ultimately with Meo, because they're high octane up and down the field, kicking ball, defending, you know, it will take some stage in one of these games for a player to come off the bench that can just really settle it down. And in Kevin McLaughlin um, and in Aiden they definitely would have that. You know, and like the other night, I thought, even though Fenton had a better game, like I thought Ruan, you know, in long patches, looked really, really composed for, for, for a young player.
0: And if we're to call this one, uh, who are you going for come to first, Conleth?
1: Yeah, look, um, I think the fact that it's in Castlebar, and the one thing you're probably always guaranteed in Castlebar is bad weather. Um, I think uh, that game, it could be a real win, but I think the actual Arma getting a draw last week, and actually, even though they probably could have had a win with a controversial penalty, um, everything would point towards a Mayo win, but I just think this Armagh team are at a different stage than they've been before, um, and I think they could just do enough, because obviously I think it'll mean a wee bit more to Armagh. Mayo will be riding on the crest of last week, and I think they might be a wee bit softer going into it, whereas Armagh might have looked at that Monaghan game, and the
0: two off the
2: back side, and I think they'll come out all gun blazing because they'll want to get that league like, final. And Kyle? I can't disagree with that. Um, uh, Armagh, I, just from, from looking for, from the outside mm-hmm. in, their aim seems to be we can't be that yo-yo team, we can't be that team that drops the Division 2 after only being up. We can't do a Roscommon. we can't do a Kildare, we can't do a Mead. You know, we can't do just coming up, getting no points and going straight back down. So they've obviously put a huge effort into starting the league really, really well, getting on the front foot early. Um, they are in a different place than they, they have been in the last few years. They've been building t- towards this. They, they have developed a panel. As Connell has pointed out, they, it's probably their strongest panel uh, that, where, where they have been a number of years. And I would agree that they need to sort out their kickouts. Uh, they were under huge pressure on Saturday night. And probably credit, some of that goes to Darren Cuse, who probably ro- rolled back the years on Saturday night with a, a huge performance. But I, I would be in favour of, of a, a slight victory here for Armagh. For I would say RMA by a, by a couple of points, just for their development. Uh, and, and maybe not as much emphasis on the result for Mayo as, as a performance from them would be more what they would probably
0: be hoping for, but I would say an arm i back to by a couple of points. final game then is Kerry and Monaghan in, in his scheme on Sunday. You mentioned Darren Hughes there, Kyle. He obviously put in a sensational performance, but it was a great result for Monaghan, spirited display, but then they look in one sense, Conor McMahon has suspended and it, you think it's going to be a huge loss against this Kerry team.
2: Uh, Darren Keyes was exceptional um, I think he had three clean catches in the middle of the field, three clean marks that was uh, he had I would say about seven really good turnovers, he had two real chop on turnovers where he turned over the ball whenever Armagh was on the attack and initially just started the, the counter-attack for Monaghan um, if he can put in that type of performance again it, it's obviously a huge driving force for Monaghan it's where they get their energy from, it's where they get their it's where they get their tails up, but uh, as you have stated there, just that, lacking that wee bit of composure in front of goals, and, and McManus, we know that he's done it for the last 10 plus years for, for Monaghan, that could be a, a, an area where they where they struggle against this Kerry team, because they need to, to get plenty of scores on the board, we, we know what Kerry will do at the other end. Um, obviously, in a scheme being a tighter pitch, they'll bring back but uh. Um, good for thought for Kerry with, with him going down to Newbridge and struggling probably in the tighter pitch, but that they had Jack McCarren pulling pull, um, shots from the left hand side. They seemed to, to shoot from from places that other teams maybe at intercounty level wouldn't shoot from. And uh, Mihal uh, Ryan Ray McInnesby had a couple of wides. McManus himself had, had a couple of wides, but I think the, the loss of Conor McManus has a huge burn in this game. But with getting the red card, uh, just it, it's going to play a huge part in this game. They haven't, in all three games, they, they've been very wasteful in front of goals. They had 11 wigs in the first half, four in the second half, that's 15 in total. They kicked a quarter of those. They win the game um, on Saturday night. and Just with the loss of him, I don't think that, that, that they'll be on the right side of the victory, even it, it being a home game and in a scheme. And
0: especially... Conleth, when you throw in that carry full-back line, I think it looks a lot more secure. I think Dan O'Donoghue is a great find, and then Thomas Sullivan and Jason Foley, and then you throw in Paddy Talley in there. Like They're obviously going to drop numbers back in front of McCarron, and then it's a question, where do the scores come from?
1: Um, I suppose, look, I'm as guilty as anybody that every year I'm looking at Division One, and every year I would say, yeah, look, Monaghan are going to struggle this could be the year they go down. And every year I'm wrong because they always come up with something. And again, Bante has come up with something else. Like, I know I'd seen a bit of them through the Mechanic Cup. They'd used 32 players in the Mechanic Cup, which was the most out of any team in Ulster in terms of blood and players. You know, whether they found anybody, that's neither here nor there. But they did at least have a go. Um, Conor McManus is only back and he will be a miss. But like, for me... When you look at some of the, you know, like Jack McCorn, um, you know, Charlie O'Connell, Neil Kearns, you know, like Michael Bannigan is one of the better centre-half forwards there is playing at the moment. You know, he's in great form. So um every time that I would sort of think, well, Monaghan have no chance here, they'll come up with something. And I think this weekend, Monaghan have a fair chance of coming up with something. Look, they'll be up against it. They'll have it all to do. Um, But I wouldn't rule out Monaghan, pulling the shop of the weekend out of this one because the one thing they have like the Darren Hughes just rolling back the years as Kyle said has been an incredible servant and he looks like he's not finished yet and like on the bench then you know they take off you know they take on Kieran Hughes you know you have the likes of you know Drew Wiley, you have experienced fitting Kelly you know different boys like that to come on and you know Began if they get freezing in a scheme from any sort of range like Began's going to come out and have a go so look I think Monaghan will have to make this game ugly You know, the one thing they can't do is leave space in front of Clifford if he plays. Um, But I think Kerry have looked a lot more secure. Whether Paddy has come in and done a good job in the defence, I would say that's probably what he's there for. Uh, They have looked really, really secure. The Donegal game, they just looked so comfortable for so long. Um, And then they're able to bring in subs of real quality, and that's the difference. You know, a lot of teams just don't have the same quality. But at the moment, Kerry are... Are showing their hand, you know, that's it Um, their form line is where it's at I suppose probably only six weeks out to the championship they know they're not going to get any realistic challenges because they're going to be le- looking at the last 16 here and the league is probably going to be the best chance they have of getting really good games to harden them so they're probably using it now they'll come full out, but I think this could be a game that will be really ugly I think that's the way Monaghan will have to take it and I wouldn't be surprised if Monaghan gets something out of this
0: you talked there about showing your hand. For you, can you still peak too early in the season?
1: Uh, yeah. It's not as much as peaking too early in the season, but obviously if you're playing your full team, you'll show patterns of play. Because obviously they'll be working on patterns of play, you know, set plays for kickouts, um, moves for sidelines, move for free kicks. And teams now with the video analysis and the sports science there is, there's very little secret. So I think the more you have, you play together, it's great for a team dynamic. You get the chemistry going, but it does allow teams at the very top end to see what you're at. Um, But we're still, we're only really six, seven weeks out from the start of the championship. So I think teams will be able to carry their league form into the championship without much trouble. Whereas in days gone by, you kind of could have drifted through the league and get ready in the championship. Kerry obviously are going to use these games as preparation for the championship because the reality is, the Munster Championship will probably be a damp squib, especially now that Cork look like they're, they're at the wrong end.
0: And like Kyle as well, like Kerry have looked very impressive, it's safe to say, particularly up front. It's what you'd expect, really.
2: Yeah, uh, they've been in devastating form. They were, they were kicking scores for fun on Sunday against Donegal. And, Sean O'Shea is an exceptional player. Like He's a joy to watch. he would be a joy to, to play with. Um, Obviously, Cillian Spillane kicking a couple of scores. we still at Paul Gini. knows where the posts are. And then Clipper comes on and he's probably the only man in Ireland that can shoot for a point and, and it go into the net. And then have another shot for a point. Drop it. And, and then try and lob the keeper. But we, we just... They are, as Connell said, pointed out Monster Championship is going to be a no-show in terms of of, of competition for them. We've the, we seen last year probably the delay in the throne game and the games they had leading up to that. They were probably under underperformed in their own right. They, they, they probably wanted to ha- have more competitive games and, and the Monster Championship doesn't provide that for them at all. So they they are an exceptional team up front, as you say. They have tightened things up at the back. Paddy Talia obviously is there for that reason, that sole reason until Show these fellas, you know, like, you know, how, not how to defend, but just, you know, maybe different patterns of play, different techniques, how, how to drop men back behind the ball. Because they were doing that anyway. Most teams in Ireland, whenever a team is low and laboured in their build-up, put 12, 13, 14 men behind the ball. So maybe they just needed coaching in, in the right setup. how, how to shuffle across, how, how to keep their pack a bit tighter. But it's obviously something that they're working on. And... Um, We'll probably not see it t- till the ground hardens up a bit to see if it if it's coming till fruition for them. But they're devastating up front. They can we we can see that they if they click, if they hit the right note that day, they, they can blow any team away. They're they're crazy when, when it comes to things like that. that they just have the, the abundance of talent. They can we see year in the league, they can put four or five goals past you on any given day, but Paddy College, obviously, they're taking things up at, a, at the back this year.
0: Colin mentioned there that he's expecting Monaghan to put this real tight. Do you see Kerry winning this one, or do you think Monaghan could spring as a surprise, Kyle, I
2: do agree with Colin. Every year, you, you probably you think Monaghan are on the decline. You think maybe you know, Darren Cooge coming another year. Who have they found in terms of new players? Aaron Mulligan looks like a a really classy player. Um, but just for me, I think Kerry have too much up front. Um, we know Wiley will probably end up picking up David Clifford. Uh, so Clifford, I expect Clifford to play. Just obviously re- resting last week after the Sigerson Cup final. There's probably been a lot of Outcry about players playing two games in the one week and stuff like that. So, so Jack O'Connor h- had the luxury of rest him and bringing in a, a player, uh, the quality of killing Spillan. So, I would say Kerry have to, having too much just for for me or for Monaghan up front. I, I don't see it. I know I know what college means in terms of Monaghan's gonna have to make it a dog fight. They're gonna have to make it ugly. They're gonna have to get in Kerry's faces. And a scheme will provide that. That's probably yeah. why it's there. That will provide that kind of atmosphere. Played there a few times, the crowd gets really, you know, Monaghan bring a bring a huge crowd wherever they go. That's probably why it's not in Clonas in, in, in terms of the atmosphere. They can they can put less people in there. It'll be a packed house. Everybody will be there. So that's that's why they're bringing it there. Look, I, I wouldn't surprise me to see the game close by by no stretch of imagination. That's Division One games are very very rarely. We see it maybe once a year where somebody gets blown away, but nine times out of ten games are within a, one score of each other. So I do see Kerry winning. I don't see by, by an awful lot, but I see Kerry coming out on the, on the right side of the draw. I just think they have too much up front for Monaghan.
0: Just briefly uh, on Division 2, Colin, things really going well for your own county, Derry. They've made the jump up really impressive. As you've said themselves and Goy really look like the two favorites, but there's kind of a split here. It's kind of really now between the four player Bros. Common, Goy, and Derry.
1: Yeah, um, look, Derry have been impressive. Um I suppose they've carried on where they've left off. Like, you know, credit has to go to Rory Gallagher. You know, he's assembled a group of players that have bought into everything he's wanted. Um, they have worked very hard. Uh, right from the start, they probably get going earlier than, than probably most teams and they hit the ground running. You know, in the Mechanic Cup, the blooded, you know, half a dozen of the, you know, Matthew Downey and, you know, Lachlan Murray out of the, the successful All Ireland winning minor team. And he's been playing them regularly. And, you know, I suppose at the start I thought, uh, is that too? You? But you know what? They fitted in, you know, um, Matthew Downey was man of the match in one of the Mechanic Cup games. And uh, Lachlan Murray from Desert Martin has, has played in all the league games. So, I um, and there's players to come back. Kieran McFall didn't play at the weekend. Gareth McKinless is injured. Um, so they, they have, you know, Charlie McKeague still to come back. So while they're sort of nearly at their Championship team, they still have players to come and bolster that. And look, I know Down probably were a low ebb. Offley probably will be one of the teams that will go down. Um, you don't know when Cork's come on what they're coming with. Um, I've been very disappointed about Cork. Like I thought they were going to show something and um, it just they showed nothing, even with the breeze, and um, like even boosted by the Bar's boys coming back, McGuire and and Sherlock, they just seemed to be a wee bit clueless. So Derry's going really well. Um, they're in pole position, and the reality is, they have to beat Clare, they have to beat Ross Common, Galway, are probably a wee bit ahead in terms of where they're at, but based on how the fixtures have went so far, you know Derry will relish that, and if they could, if they can beat, um. Clare this weekend away which won't be easy and Clare is another team that I've been expecting over the last number of years to fall away but you know they still they just keep churning it out and, and they're credit because um, every year a bit like Monaghan everybody doubts that you know can they keep this going and now for another year they're in the mix for promotion and um, they've been close before and you know like, like this will be a tough game for Derry to travel away but if they could get a win out of this eight points you know they're in a really good position
0: and Colin, how good can Shane McGuigan be for you?
1: Sorry? How
0: good can Shane McGuigan be? Like, we're talking about top class forwards, Reen O'Neill, Clifford. Like, last year, unbelievable season and really seemed to even progress on further so far.
1: Yeah, look, um, I think he's maturing brilliantly. Um, he's a really level-headed lad and like he can be very good. You no, know, I know he gets a bit of criticism, a bit of slack about maybe being too one-footed and you know, I know he's, he talked about he even doing a lot of work on his, his right foot. Like, I think if he can be a bit less predictable, you know, that would make life unbelievably easy for him because he's got pace, he's a great centre, a balance, he's a great dummy. And he's just got incredible feet, like radar, like, um, and every week that he's going to play for Derry or play for Slack Neal, he's been marked by the best defender on the team and maybe double marked. And yet every week he's coming out and he's getting one, five, not six, eight points. And... You know, just I listened to the, the the BBC podcast with him on it, and you know, when he was asked about how he feels about being the marquee player now, and he says, "Look, that's just something I take on." And, and I thought, you know, that's impressive. You know, he didn't shy away from it. He didn't pretend that it's not a thing. He embraced it. And look, I think with Ryan O'Neill, you know, the likes of McCurry, um, he's in that bracket of top forwards playing at the moment.
0: And that's the fascinating thing about Division 2 is Talton Cup's coming into consideration, Kyle. Offaly might be expected to go down, but this could mean like realistically if Cork go down from the outside, we can't see them beating Kerry in a Munster semi-final, so to be playing in the Talton Cup. <coughs> um, Meath or down um, or Cork could join Offaly or whoever goes down. Offaly play Meath, that's huge, but like for some of these traditional counties to be in the first Tadson Cup is not something any of these counties want, Kyle.
2: No, uh, absolutely not. That's not something, you know, obviously with the Tadson Cup coming into play, um, down me as we say, we probably uh, expect just the way the results have went and stuff with with awfully We expect them probably to go down, but it's not something that, that any of these traditional counties will want. Uh, It being the first year, everyone want to be competing for Sam McGuire as much as possible. The teams obviously in Division Four will see it slightly different. Um, But saying that, I've been disappointed. with been really disappointed with Down so far. Expect probably better things. And I'm not sure, but Down's one of those teams where, on the other hand, I expect Mayo or Down, sorry Monaghan, to go down and. Down's a team that sometimes I expect maybe more. I'm not sure if that's just with their previous history and also Championship and teams that, that they've had. I expect more from them. Me being something similar, being a really competitive team, they've been in Division 1 a few years ago, held their own, went down, came back up. They didn't lose a game, I think, in Division 2 a couple of years ago. So it's not something that, that any of these traditional counties would want. They don't want to be the, that first big name as such, Cork, even as well. They'll not want to be down there. They'll not want to be competing in that competition because any kind of run of form can change things and they can end up getting a run of games in their, in their provincial championships. So, look, it's not something for the lesser teams they might see as a, as a positive, but for the likes of maybe a Meath, a Down or a Cork, it's it's not something I would imagine that they would have set out at the start of the season to have any aim of playing in the Taliesin Cup.
0: If you were a player, Kyle, still playing with Tyrone. Obviously, do you know we need the Tassin Cup. But as a player, do you think players are going to approach this Tassin Cup with the right mindset, or do you think it could just not work? Basically,
2: um, personally, from a point of view, and I'd be a believer. I, I think the leagues are best competition because. We have all the teams on a similar level playing against each other, whether that be Division One, Two, Three, or Four. We we see probably the story of the league at the moment of London with three wins out of three. With Wexford, who are second from bottom in Division Four, you have them this weekend another chance of a, a win, which puts them in a really strong position for promotion to division three, which no one probably expected. From a from a point of view, I would be if I was from a, a so so-called lesser, weaker county, um, and that's no disrespect, but that's just happened to be where where these some of these players are from. They're they're from Sligo's and and Wexford's and places like that where I have football sometimes is maybe not the strongest um, code in that area. I would be all on for for playing if the thing's marketed right, if it's pushed right, if it's given the right exposure. I, I would see no reason why you know. Th- th- these things wouldn't appeal to, to a player. Just for a point of view, like uh, uh, playing the Sam Maguire for Tyrone, obviously, is, is is the best thing you can hope for. But why not winning a, a Talsian Cup, progressing with your county, playing five or six competitive, really competitive games, you know, winning those games, tight games, getting to Crook Park, getting to play in the big venues, um, I Can't see why it wouldn't be a positive for any player, and I'm not sure that all players think they got. A, I don't, you know, they make like one big day out against the Dublin or against the Tyrone or whoever that may be against the Kerry. But for me, competitive games might make for, for far better for a better viewing, and for I think players get better out of those
0: games. Can you see it working, Connor? Um,
1: just like Kayle said, I think. Personally, it's a good idea. I think, as Gail said, the league's a great competition. Every game's keenly contested. Um, like, when you go down the divisions, you know, you look at, you know, John Heslin, um, you know, Sam Mulroy, you know, Keith Byrne of Leitrim. You know, these are top-end footballers and some people listening to this tonight probably don't know who Keith Byrne is and yet, week in and week out, he's kicking 8, 9, 10 points for Leitrim all over the place. You know, obviously... A lot of people know Sam Mulroy from his exploits kicking eight points against Limerick. You know, these players need exposure. And one day out against one of the big teams, for me, just it doesn't cut it. Yeah, Heslin will maybe hold his own in Dublin. But Westmeath will still get beat by whatever. Um, but do I believe that the Chelsea and Cup will be uh, marketed properly? I don't. Um, I think you only have to look at the... Was it the Trench Cup this weekend? The Seagerson or the. Yeah, Trench Cup. cup, You
0: know. You
1: know, like if that is how the sort of lesser known competitions are going to be held, then it doesn't bode well. You know, Tommy Murphy Cup was promised to be something and it turned into a final at Antrim 1 at 12 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon before um, the Stewards even turned up at Croke Park. So for me, if you're going to do it, brilliant, do it right. Um, have all stars have team holidays uh, through the kitchen sink at it and make it worthwhile because the Sam Mulroy's you know the Keith Burns the John Heslins that are playing and like that's only to name a few um, you know all these teams have great players and as Cale said you know London you know and I listened actually to uh, Michael um, the London manager Michael May. Michael Mar, and uh, you know what they've been doing is amazing you know and the fact that they've, they've 10 home-based players that, that were born in London is incredible. The fact that he, you know, is London-born um, of Irish descent, you know, I think that's where it's at for that cup. If teams like that could get a run, just to show that there's something else out there. And then build, you know, get into Division 3, get into Division 2, then have the cricket Sam McGuire. Um, but again, I just, I'm not convinced that these games will be given the status and the esteem in which they need to have to really make players buy into it. And I think players might you know, back off if they feel that the competition isn't valued, and I think All Stars, holidays, all the trappings need to go with it. That's key. That's that, that's that's where
2: it's at. There's no point of playing, playing a game and uh, you know it not having the right exposure, it not having the airtime on the TV, it not having the same um, exposure as it's a throne Donegal and Ulster Championship. Or, <clears> uh, you know, it, it needs the right exposure. It needs it needs its own day. In Croke Park, it needs its market marketed the same, exact same way uh, as the All Ireland finals market uh, that the ladies is now being pushed needs marketed in that way. Um, name the players down to the divisions that you know I've seen Samuel O'Reilly kick. for you know, but I only seen a, I only see a snippet of that for, via Twitter. I, I would like to see that on a more regular basis. I would like to see or maybe your highlight show showing more of that as well, if we if we can get it. But unless it's pushed in the right way, and at the minute it doesn't seem to be, because unless someone specifically goes out of the way and talks about it, we we wouldn't hear about it. You know, and that's probably where it's going to fall by the wayside.
0: Yeah, it was supposed to be played on the same day as the mm-hmm. Iron final, but they've taken that away now. It's hard to know I think that's
2: they're... I think I think that's for me it before the All-Ireland Final could be a good thing, but that for me, you're getting a bigger crowd, but I think if we have an, an awfully and a Waxford for talk's sake or an awfully and just whoever in the final, they get their own day, their supporters get the, their own day in Croke Park, I think that's that's where it's at, that's where people see the value in it, more so rather than, than being a curtain raiser for the for the, the senior final, I, I think they're thought of as a, as a still going to be t- thought of as a second competition. Where if it has its
1: own day, it, it's a totally different competition in its own right. You know, don't even go back to last year. You know, when you look at the straights that Antrim made last year um, under McGinley and O'Neill, you know, getting promotion and in the first round of the championship, like for forty minutes, they give Armagh their fill of it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the difference in divisions in the Gulf. You know, whenever Armagh get the goal. They end up kicking on and winning by ten or eleven points. Very unfair in Antrim, but probably that's the gulf between, you know, a Division One team and a Division Four. But if that Antrim team could have kicked on to another competition, you know, that one day out was grand. But they can't build on that. They have to wait for another six months to get back into preseason. If there could have been another competition for Antrim, for example, you know, in the position they were in, they would have took confidence from the RMI game. They could have built it in. You know, if all the Division Four and Three teams were playing at that point, Antrim were probably in a trajectory of form as good as anything in Division 3 and there was no reason why they couldn't have went and able to build into another thing. Yeah, have their Ulster Championship and then if it doesn't go so well, then move into something else because um, it's, it's the likes of your Anthrums and you know teams like that that need more exposure playing at the top level to keep going on. And look what Antrim have done now. They're in Division 3, ripping it up and you wouldn't be surprised the way they're going if they don't get promotion.
0: Yeah, no, it should be uh, fascinating to see how the um Talton Cup emerges and some big games in division three and four over the weekend. That's all we have time for um on today's podcast. Um thanks a million for your time. That's
1: all right, thanks. Goodbye. Bye, Paul. All right.